Hello. Hello. We're, we're recording earlier in the day. Yes. This is the morning. This is the morning. Yes. We usually record uh, early afternoon or late morning. I'm bringing you over to my side of getting things done. Don't tell me about in advance, not waiting to the last minute. If you wait to the last minute, it only takes you a minute, though. Yes, Boom. I know. I've seen your work. How dare you. Uh, okay, so we have our coffee. You don't. You slurped it down already. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So this week, wanted to talk about some stuff that's been going on. More so with me, personally, uh, in the medical realm. I was put up a little video last week. And a lot of people, um, you know, had said, wishing you well, hope all is good. Like, it was a nice outpouring of of support. And so for that, I, I, I'm thankful and thank you and I appreciate it. Um, but I wanted to sort of use this podcast as a... Sorry, I'm just trying to get this thing. This one is not so loud. Uh, use this week's podcast sort of as like a... A, um, a dive into it to some degree to try to one hold myself accountable to how I can you know improve from it and I think it's helpful if you're looking for self accountability to also include others that you know in your mm-hmm. in that which you're trying to be accountable for not to yourself so kind of looking at that and for whatever reason, well, I know the reason, but this sort of medical thing has had me revisit what I've been thinking about for a while, but like this whole notion of fear and just having a little bit more well-rounded of a conversation about fear than the bumper sticker stuff and look I had a t-shirt that said fear is a liar mm-hmm. and I'm like oh that's cool like I like that but like that t-shirt is kind of the t-shirt's wrong you know what I mean like I get the point of it I get the mm-hmm. essence of it but I think we've turned fear into something that should be discounted avoided not listened to overcome yeah fear has to be overcome mm-hmm. And I get it, but that's not really how it works. Like, we need to think about what is the purpose, like, why is fear in our life? What is the purpose with it? And to do that, if we look at, you know, our system, our body, a lot of the stuff that I, you know, kind of cover in the Between the Seminar, but also just working with people, like, there's something, there's something tangential to fear or below it that is really the essence of the fear, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So wanted to kind of go So what's that. going on with you that like starting there with Like what that. happened? Well yeah, I mean that fear. So what's the okay, fear so and how do you feel? I guess like you're using the it? okay, well I guess the two the one minute overview of what happened. I was exercising, had this crazy headache, one of the worst headaches of my life and was wiped out for like a day Mm -hmm. 
it happened or for for the rest of the day it happened later on in the day again i got this crazy headache called the doctor they're like okay we don't think you're dying so if it happens again go to the emergency room turns out it happened again not as bad but it was coming on so i went to the emergency room and for me to go to the emergency room like something's wrong like that's not anyway so i got a, a cat scan uh the primary concern was bleeding you know brain hemorrhage and uh tumor um that came back negative which which was good but still didn't really answer the question of like what the hell is going on um so then on that was on sunday on monday morning i was like basically doing a warm-up for the warm-up like that's how slow i was moving barely biking doing some ring rows and doing some push-ups and my resting heart rate is generally sub 50 and it in about three minutes it spiked to 150 Mm -hmm. and this insane headache came back on and then and that's really when i got scared of like okay i don't know if i have like a ruptured aneurysm Mm -hmm. or something um so anyway that's when we started reaching out to people Kevin Som and Veronica, they like called in some favors and, and flexed some muscle and expedited me getting in, which if you guys are listening, thank you. That was, that was amazing. And if anything, like, you know, whatever will come out of this, there's, that's right away something to be grateful for and positive about that, you know, when people help you, truly help you, you know, that's, that's really amazing. And so you know, that was, that was awesome. Um, they got me into to doctors and various, you know, cardiologists, neuroscience, all that stuff. So anyway, um, went in over the past week, I've been doing a bunch of tests, MRIs of the brain, echocardiograms. I have a stress test coming up. So like a bunch of tests, blood, urine, like, and so I got an MRI of the brain on whatever day it was. doesn't matter. It was like 4.30 in the evening when it wrapped up. The tech was like, all right, no news is good news. So, you know, they'll they'll do a follow-up or whatever probably next week. I'm like, great. Well, like 12 hours later, I got a call. This is on a Friday. I got a call saying that the neurologist wants to see you. The doctor wants to see you. No words anyone ever wants to hear. Mm-hmm. And if I and this was at like 9 a.m. And they asked if I could come in at 11. I'm like, uh, that's kind of urgent. Said no, because actually I had a another appointment, medical appointment. I couldn't rearrange. I was like, I can't get there at 11. How about I can come right now, though? And they're like, okay, yeah, good. Come now. And I'm like, what the fuck? This is not good. Like, no news is good news. And all of a sudden, now they're saying, like, there's urgency behind this. Mm-hmm. So I basically got in the truck and drove to the hospital as fast as possible. And there's a couple interesting things going on. One, you know, the unknown is always... The unknown, when we think about the unknown, we often think, like, we obviously, like, we don't know. The unknown is such a crazy, powerful experience and opportunity to actually raise your awareness uh, of what's going on, which is, you know, why we do so much with the unknown, because it it brings about a reality of the story 
that you're telling yourself and your and your mindset that <clears throat> can't be can't be reproduced in different conditions. And so one I was thinking okay like I need I am preparing to get the worst news of my life and had already kind of bought into the fact that yeah this is going to be bad. And I'll be honest with you, it's, I wasn't scared of the news of whatever would come. Mm -hmm. And there was this weird sense of like needing to step up and needing to be strong and needing to have, you know, the intestinal fortitude to not crumble. And there was actually this sense of peace with it, similar to some other experiences where, you know, near-death experiences and whatnot. And so that was interesting. The thing I was afraid of was that I was going to get told, like, at 35, you have brain cancer. Mm -hmm. And, like, I didn't know how I would tell you, Mm -hmm. how I would tell the kids. And, you know, that's really what I was thinking, like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want... I don't want that to be the I don't want that to to be the curveball and to hit me on the blind side. Mm-hmm. Like I need to prepare for that. And yeah, you know, we prepare for the worst sometimes and the unknown often makes the uh whatever the, the, the sub or the experience is, it often makes it worse. Like I wasn't thinking they're gonna say, Hey, all things are good, nice job, keep it up. Like it went to the awful. Um so that obviously that not obviously that was not the diagnosis i got in there and it was just like it was a follow it was a routine right. follow up now i kind of i think they also realized that perhaps they framed it a little differently and they're like and i was like hey i'm just wondering like i raced in here can you give me a sense of direction of what's going on and they're like well the doctor will and i'm like okay this is not good so you know, they and then they apologized, you know, oh sorry if it scared you. We just wanted to get you in and get you followed mm-hmm. up. I'm like, okay, anyway. So the fear so that's kind of what happened in your so obviously the like the fear part, I mean you said the fear of worrying you had how are you gonna tell me about having brain cancer or sort of the worst, but your your point about fear being yeah a necessary thing. So taking that to Yeah. So that's the thing with the fear of it being I wasn't afraid of getting brain cancer mm-hmm. because if that was the case, you know, if that's what, if that's, if that's the reality of what happened, or if I did rupture an aneurysm and they're like, Hey, we need to go in and immediate and whatever, you, you know, like that's done. That's, I'm not a, but like, you're really saying you're not, you wouldn't be afraid. You didn't have any fear of your, the rest of your life with brain cancer. So here's the thing. If, I'm not good at English, but if the brain cancer is the, what would it be? The object of the fear? Mm-hmm. Would it be like the object? No. Okay. English. It's too early to think. No, but like all the, if you're talking about a grammar thing. I don't know. Anyway, if, if fear is the like main, uh, like the big ticket, like, oh my God, or um, I'm sorry. If the diagnosis is the main thing, mm-hmm. that's not, no, I was not afraid of that. What okay. I was afraid of. And where I had fear was how I was afraid of how 
my situation would influence our okay. family situation. Right. So it's would not, influence. Sure. You're not afraid of the actual. No. Okay. So. But that that diagnosis mm-hmm. triggers the fear mm-hmm. of something much deeper Mm -hmm. and so the fear then is like also feeling like being of being afraid of um i guess you know regret or some of the stuff with like i would have i i want to spend my days in a more positive grateful Mm -hmm. you know engaged state obviously there's gonna be ups and downs and that's part of it can't be la la land the whole time but like wanting a full life mm-hmm. afraid of not having a full life mm-hmm. and so that's a very very real fear mm-hmm. but that's a very good fear of right. like all right like if you're afraid that's of that motivator. then make it happen mm-hmm. and so i think that's where we can partner with fear not of the diagnosis but of the influence that it has and use it to to, to to build and express mm-hmm. that inner strength. So fear is kind of like a big catch-all. Without like, a doubt. obviously, fear of, you know, how you tell your family that you have brain cancer and fear of opening a new business or fear of, like, there's a lot of different... Fear is... Fe- like, how would you classify? What would be the end of... Like, would you say you have... Like, okay, so taking the the new gym, like, Mm -hmm. obviously there's trepidation, there's nervousness, there's, how's it going to go? Would you put that in the fear? Would you say that's a degree of fear? So I think this is the thing with fear, like, and I, you know, Tony Blauer, anybody that wants to do a dive into fear, you know, Tony's probably the guy to listen to, and I haven't listened to all of his stuff, so if I'm wrong or repeating, I guess I apologize in advance, but like, what is fear? You know, it's, I think it's a signal. I know it's a signal to drive an action. Mm -hmm. And we, I think often in our society or with whatever, we we become afraid of things. I'm afraid that that dog is going to bite me. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's some, there's some, uh, there's some like kinetic or some, singular traumatic things like yeah of course those things make sense not everything maybe is so deep you know if you're a little kid and you had a dog bite you in the face like yep that's gonna leave a traumatic imprint that if you don't deal with is gonna you know Mm -hmm. create a fear of dogs but it's but i think fear is misunderstood and misapplied as objects that do harm to us Mm mm-hmm and I would say what I would think to encourage people to do, and this is something that I've been doing, is <clears throat> instead of looking at fear as objects that do harm to us, looking at fear as signals for us to address something within ourselves that we need to. Mm-hmm. And so fear really being the catalyst of an opportunity for you to step towards the the thing that fear is kind of be like hey you need to look mm-hmm. over there right on and so yeah no i was just thinking about like current state like the things that people generally in our society are fearing fearing like the kids going back to school fearing and just looking at how you flip that on like what 
I was that on, drives you to yeah, and and I'll, and so with that, and I don't know if we talked about it on this podcast. I was on some global CrossFit call when uh, COVID first kicked off, and this was probably week one mm-hmm. of like gyms being demand like mandated like okay we are now shut down and this you know kind of uh not celebrity but like you know big name person it invited a couple of people on and i had said from the beginning like this is not about getting sick this is about people's fear of not being able to reconcile their staring death in the face mm-hmm. for some for people they're looking their mortality is in question mm-hmm. here not health and fear of dying prematurely or unfulfilled Mm -hmm. is what I think is being exposed and how we, a lot of people haven't come to grips with what if this is it Mm -hmm. and not to, you know, make it all about this, but like when you've had near death experiences, you look at your own mortality and you look at death differently, not to be celebrated, not to be whatever, but you just have this understanding of Mm -hmm. it. And so, Thankfully, we live in a society where, you know, most people, and it's unfortunate that in some areas like this isn't the case, but, you know, I would say generally, that's not something on people's radar. Mm-hmm. So they're not afraid of dying. They're not afraid of the road blowing up when they drive mm-hmm. down it. They're not afraid of someone they sure, are, you know, the, the grocery bagger, mm-hmm. pull, like shooting them. Like yeah. that's just not a daily thing. And so, <clears throat> you know that's great um unfortunately like you know what we're ex- what we're experiencing socially and racially and all of that is that yeah there's that's not a common experience mm-hmm. and so i i'm that's not lost on me either i would say our country and i know our country compared to let's just say other countries in different parts of the world like yeah 90 percent mm-hmm. of it's the minority that aren't right. afraid of dying so just because you brought up Tony Blower uh-huh. and when we were in the lockdown, quarantine, whatever we're calling it, we had done like weekly calls with different people. Tony was actually one of them through the gym. Yeah. And I was just thinking about it. he has like this map, yeah. which is kind of cool. And so what, you know, ties into, I think, your the stuff you talk about in the seminar and yeah. some of the system like responses. Yeah. So not that you're going to walk through like Tony's map, but like in your words or For kind sure. of looking at like what happens in the body and what that triggers. Cause I mean, even on a low level of fear, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you'd call it like, I think at the very low level of fear is probably like where nervousness starts, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like on the spectrum, mm-hmm. but like there is that feeling like that, I'm af- like, I'm afraid to go give this presentation at work. I'm like everyday things. I'm yeah. afraid to participate in this event. Like, like me getting in the water at that half Ironman. Like I would say that was well, what like were you in the af- fear. What were you afraid and of? And I don't know what I was afraid of. Exactly. So, so that's, yeah. right. So can you like walk through? Yeah. So from, from how I understand stuff and teach and, and coach people and whatever, you know, we always, our, the way our, system and our body and our brains evolved the first toll the first gate that we had to deal with was that of survival we cannot we are always answering the survival question what does this experience 
What does this environment, what does whatever we're doing, how does it pass the survival test? Now, over the past millions of years, like, and currently now, you know, over the past, let's just say a thousand years, we don't really have to survive anymore as a whole, like as an organism. That doesn't mean just because we have comforts of 2020 that we're beyond answering the survival question. So fear, nervousness, those types of things, either directly or one or two steps removed, relate to something with survival, chances of survival at a, at a very deep level. At like a, a systematic level. At a systematic yeah. level. And the reason being is because when we were evolving, like what is fear? Mm-hmm. Fear is a feeling. Mm-hmm. Fear is a physiological response. Fear is not a rational misunderstanding. For example, your fear with the water. What are you afraid of? Right. It's like, well, I'm afraid. Were you afraid that you were going to drown? Right. When I walk through the rational, there is no thing I could point to, like, like jealousy. Jealousy is a feeling, but you could probably walk through like, well, I'm jealous of this person because. Um, I think they're flirting with you or whatever, whatever. Like there's what? something I'm making up an example. Nobody flirts with you. Let's be serious. So, but like you could point to that, like you could walk through a scenario like of, of another feeling, but the fear, when you asked me at the night before the thing, like I wasn't afraid of drowning. Right. I wasn't afraid of not finishing. I wasn't afraid I couldn't do it. Like there wasn't, there yeah, wasn't there an wasn't answer. This so, yeah, so it was just a feeling yeah. that I couldn't. And so that's the thing it. with like the rational mind. Answers, analysis, logic. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm afraid that for let's just say, if it was okay, so in selection, you have they're supposed to be unnamed distance events the the first week. So you've mm-hmm. got I forget what the distances are, but they're long distances, rucker runs, and um they don't tell you how far you're going. Mm-hmm. Right. That unknown triggers this, I don't think I would say fear, maybe this anxiety, alertness, arousal. Your system wakes up, turns on, because it's like, sure. I got to figure out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take in all possible information and cues and clues mm-hmm. that are going to be beneficial in my pursuit of whatever this thing mm-hmm. might be. Okay. Let's say you've got somebody who's not fit. Mm-hmm. And they barely are, let's, uh, what is it, five miles? We'll just say it was like a five mile. Hey, you got to do five miles. And it was a five mile run in 40 minutes or less. Okay. And they know that they can do that. But the eight mile run, they'll literally at mile seven just collapse mm-hmm. and not be able to do it. And we get to this, we, we, we get to the starting point. You know, they put us in trucks, you drive it out or, or wherever, however you started. And right up until the point of the starting point, we have no idea how far we're going to go. Mm-hmm. You as the individual who collapses at seven miles is thinking like, is afraid of probably collapsing seven at seven more, miles. Yeah. So if it's the eight miler, you're done. If it's the five miler, you're good. So if you were to come along and then if, if, if let's just say we say, hey, okay, guys, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to hook you up. 
this is the five mile run. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe it's a lie, maybe not, who knows, but let's just say for this intent, it's accurate. And they're like, it is the five mile run. This is not a, this is not a thing. Le- legally, we have to tell you whatever kind of crap. That fear is for in this situation for this person would be mostly a rationally driven thing of well i'm really afraid if it's five miles i know i've got five miles in fact i do five miles in 35 minutes i am there's no possible way so it's like okay so that bit of information that fact it's the five mile not the eight mile alleviates some of the anxiety stress fear whatever Mm. If there's not that situation, if there's not a fact that makes the um, situation that's creating this internal feeling like very different, which it's often not the case, then it's not then then it's not a rational fear. Right. Like for example, the water. Mm-hmm. If you were afraid that there were sharks in it, sure. And then they're like, hey, by the way, this is this is um, fresh water spring fed there's literally no fish in it it's like okay i don't have to be afraid of that right so that's kind of that yeah. but hardly ever is there the answer right. that we need to our quote-unquote right. fear it's always a little bit strange. so in that case it's like well it's not that you're afraid that there are sharks in there it's afraid that a shark's gonna bite you mm-hmm. and so it's gonna go back it's gonna be obviously deeper so i don't know if i just like, yeah lost, so my but, question was uh, oh so, walking yeah. through so yeah. yeah i mean so so the fear in many ways it's an emotional driver that is like questioning your survivability mm-hmm. in some way because we don't often face like you know dinosaurs and mm-hmm. whatever you know things that are going <clears> to <throat> rip us to shreds apex predators on land um, we've yeah, kind of lost well, touch with that. it's still a modern day thing. You could be afraid of losing your job because if you lose your job and then you're not providing for your family and there's a, so. Right. For sure. And fear and, is an incredible driver. Right. The, one of the issues though is that we focus solely on the first thing that, mm-hmm. which we're afraid of and we right. don't go deeper. And so fear of losing the job it's like, okay, it's the job that's the problem. It's mm-hmm. like, it's you that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And right. what is it about losing your job that has you unable to be present in your life? Mm-hmm. That has you saying goodbye to your family and going into the office at five and coming back at 10 at night, like, or obsessing or, or you know, like, what is that and how is that mm-hmm. going? And so, you know, but from a system standpoint, fear is one of the most primal emotional phenomenons that we have because it also helped us evolve to be like oh dark cave with dark cave in this den like environment don't go in there because last time when there old boy got ripped to shreds Mm -hmm. by the by the fucking mountain lion or something so like that's how we learned that's how we evolved the real like problem so to speak with fear is when we let it we don't see the opportunity in it and we let it just we we get focused on the the subject that we're afraid of so yeah and it i think applied to a lot of things. and i think societally now fear is also 
something that we look, we dose only rationally. And that is, it's like, okay, what what, what, what's, what's your fear? Well, my fear is that I'm going to open, we're going to open up this new gym. It's going to be a totally different model. It's going to be risky. It's going to be this. There's a pandemic. There's this, there's that. It's like, okay, that, that's what you're afraid of. Let's go through all the problems and let's right, right, create right. A solutions for them. It's like, right. that's not the problem. Right. You know, that's not the problem. The problem okay, or the so fear yeah, so is deeper. Right. And so, so for you, if you're walking through that, what is... So that's not the issue to go through and say, no, like people are looking for something to... Okay, that checks that box and this and this and this. So for you, what is what would then be the deeper thing? I don't know if I'm so afraid. I'm not like afraid. I don't think I'm approaching the gym as as, as fear. Okay, as but much. in that example, the fear, quote unquote, would more be a conflict. Like, can I do it? Sure. So it's always going to be there's with things that are not truly survive situations. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, well, with the medical stuff, like with the let's just say brain cancer. Because I was like, okay, that's that's going to be it. You know, and mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I bought into that. That's going to be always about something deep inside of you. So for that, it was like, what are the, what is this diagnosis going to call into question at the deepest level of who I am? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be... Did you waste your time? Yeah, a lot of times, mm-hmm. did I waste my time? Did I, like, that's a thing... did you not take full Did I not, did I not, like live up to and exceed my potential and did i do everything i possibly could to be of positive influence to first my family and to secondly to others and was it was it worth it like was you know Mm -hmm. so yeah i think it's interesting because i think when people have those kinds of experiences the thing that the trick is not the trick but to not let that fade like on your way to the office that was like probably super present and like okay did i like this this notion of like making the most of your time a week out a year later after that diagnosis that stuff fades so right because that's the thing it's like oh thank god i can breathe out i I don't have brain cancer it's like ah, 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 Mm -hmm. no no like rationally yes you do not Mm -hmm. but there was something it was not because you're not afraid of the brain cancer so that's the thing for people to really yeah just capture and not have it need to be yes it's a shame to have to need to be actually dying of cancer right to really be reminded of right what you want to do so so yesterday you um we listened to bob's bob's two cups in yeah. And he talked about Bob Harper, who had a Widowmaker heart attack a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. And that's been like something big for him with, I think, fear. Like he had it when he was working out. Yeah. And yeah, like geez. that fear and that trauma of like getting like, is this going to happen again or something wrong? Like, you know, mm-hmm. and I just I think that is exactly probably what's interesting about that is there's a reminder every time he works out. Mm-hmm. There's probably that comes up a little bit every time, less and less and less. But, um, and just looking at like, what is the, yeah, what is that driver? And like, I think that's been just, I guess, the comparison of something that's sort of 
um, people who have an experience that sort of lingers and the reminder of trying to look at what is it, not just I'm afraid I'm going to have a heart attack. Right. Now. Right. Done. Yes. And that's a Pandora's box of dealing with trauma. And, you know, I don't really want to speak on other people's behalfs with this, so sure. I won't. Um, but when we also look at, it's not just a mental construct. It's not. They could have put, like for Bob, like let's just say they were like, hey, Bob, check it out. Elon Musk just developed the new like heart 2.0 mm-hmm. and you'll literally live forever. Um, right. He can't rationally. Structurally, there's zero risk. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to, you're now yes, yeah, infinity, Bob. Yeah. That doesn't, that won't remove right. it. Because there is the, the feeling part. I mean, that, and that's the stuff you talk about too. There's not just the sh- shut off on the brain where we can just flip a switch. Right. No. There's still the body has stored that yes. experience. And, so, and the body's gonna keep having yes. p- potentially when he first and I'm just using him as an example, like anybody who has had a heart attack who it's cleared, you're good, you're good to go. Probably when they start exercising again, their heart rate comes up, there's probably a a response in the body. One hundred percent. Even without looking at the <coughs> it's not like they're looking at their heart rate and you in could their mind lie. they're like oh, Well that's the thing. So right. you could say there's a beautiful thing between like the rational and the emotional and how when we don't look at the body, then we're not actually looking at anything. Mm-hmm. You've got a heart rate monitor on, right? You've had this thing. We'll just say, okay, you had a heart attack. You had something going on. And we say, okay, as long as your heart rate is under, we'll just say 100 beats a minute, like you're usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Put a heart rate on. The heart rate monitor is broken. Mm-hmm. You don't know that though. And you're working out. Let's just say you're on the assault bike, mm-hmm. and you're you know hitting the assault bike. And you're like, wow, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm like still under hundred. I'm still under hundred, and you feel your heart at what is going to be one fifty. Mm-hmm. You think that fucking heart rate monitor, where it's telling you, oh no, you're at you know eighty seven, mm-hmm. like uh uh-uh. uh, that is over. the rational of like heart rate under the emotional from a signal standpoint from a physiological signal that embodies an emotion of oh shit i'm overdoing it like that's the thing that's going to be felt Mm -hmm. and that's way more powerful than some piece of technology which is going to fail all of us at some point sure telling telling you no 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 you're good it's like and that's where oh you know it's your mental capacity Mm mm-hmm in some cases, yeah, it's great. You think that that's more powerful than the physiological structure right. and the emotional driver? It's not. I'm sorry, it's not. And well, that's what you talk about as well with the brain. Like the the older part of the brain is just so much po- more powerful than the than the rational neural right. part. And when you are under, because it's also like looking at well, why is that? Well, when you're under stress, okay. So your heart rate being 150 beats a minute is a physiological stress. Mm-hmm. This is not up for debate. Your elevated heart rate is a stress to your system. Done. Like, there's no question about that. How you perceive it, yeah, that's going to be on the psychological side. But physiologically, there is a stress. No different than when you lift heavy. It doesn't matter if it was you barely hit the rep. Like, there's that stress, physiological stress. When there is, when you are under stress, the first thing to say, 
I'm out. I'll see you later is the front of the brain and is mm-hmm. like the rational mind. So when you need to quote unquote think through things under stress, the very thing that you're going to rely on to think through is not showing up to work that day. Right. So that's where looking at deeper meaning, making emotional connections is far more empowering. Sure. I mean, and that's a great example of that is food. People know, I mean, and you've said this, it's not for lacking of knowing like what you should or shouldn't eat or mm-hmm. I shouldn't like probably eating an entire like thing of brownies is not ideal. Mm-hmm. Rationally, we know that, but mm-hmm. it's like, well, what's the emotional driver? And I think that's an example where people can definitely say, like, oh yeah, okay. Like that's, um, that's not the problem is people are like, oh man, I really, I'd never heard that, that, yeah. that an apple would be a better choice than a French fry. So well, one of the things that I think about, too, to just, like, kind of visualize, and just because I also love The Matrix. Remember when Neo... Remember in The Matrix when... I don't know which one it was, but when he's getting shot at by, like, all yeah, of these the people and all these bullets coming at him, and he's, like, doing the Neo thing where he's knowing how to mm-hmm. dodge all of them? Obviously, yeah. it looks cool. That's fear, right? So fear is this constant... We're constantly being shot at. Mm-hmm. And... The real, like, Zen master, I think, does not know how to dodge the bullets and, and you know, avoid that which they fear. The real Zen master, by knowing and mastering yourself, um, controls or at least prevents that entity from even shooting at you in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so rather than dodging the bullets, it's like controlling something or teaching something not to actually shoot at you. So the fear. So for this case, it's like, I would change your, I would have a different thought on that metaphor. Okay. What do you, got? instead of you like hate metaphors, why are you looking at me like that? What? I'm not. Instead of blocking the bullets, the fear there, if it's a physical, if it's a response in the body that you can't control the bullets, you can't control the bullets are coming. So it would be not just putting up a shield and trying to block them. It would be what he does, which is like slowing down and knowing how to navigate it. But the response isn't, the response is the, is the, is the signal to do something. The Mm -hmm. response is the driver to take an action. Mm -hmm. The response that you have isn't quite the bullet being shot yet okay so fear is the person shooting the bullet is the response so you're saying to now to not even have the response the response this is why metaphors the response i think it's just because you hate the matrix so you try to discount any matrix thing the response is the response and how you respond to the response will determine whether the round gets shot or not. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So like you're by, and that's where it, it matters to connect to your body so much. Mm-hmm. So talk about it in real, not the matrix and some, so a, the, a person who's a Zen master. So you say, what would be a situation and then, the ability to navigate it in the appropriate way for me how i'm trying to do it okay is moving forward because you know 
I guess in in, its, in the present and moving forward is getting the news, or in this in this case, driving to the hospital, mm-hmm. thinking <clears throat> I'm going to get awful news. Mm-hmm. There's a feeling within me. Mm-hmm. There's the fear response that, that I can that you can't control. That I can't control. Ironically, I was driving like 100 miles an hour to the hospital going through this and i was like i'm wondering what my heart rate is it was like 48 Mm -hmm. and there was this sense of peace and control so like i don't i wasn't actually having a stress response i wouldn't consider it a stress response like thoughts were clear it was very this and that anyway so anyway you're driving the hospital you're having this response having this response Mm -hmm. of this internal feeling of uh uh-oh what not just stopping at the th- at the brain cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? This and that. Being like, okay, what is this? What direction is this pointing me to in my life that I need to face? And what do I see? I see I want however longer I've got to be filled with genuine connection, joy fulfillment good good service um happiness love like all of Mm -hmm. those things and i want my family to feel that and i want to i want my clients to feel that. i want those who i interact with to 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 feel that and what are some things getting in the way yeah petty bullshit done how can i how can i how can i show up to petty bullshit in my life and it does and it's and it's in everyone's and it's like don't so don't going fight that, it going the steps further to really and and i think not to keep tying things in but i think what's kind of cool is for some people they might that might not be as automatic of a like this to this to this to this so things like journaling like any kind of way to really uncover like what is it i'm actually for sure like okay so this is immediately what i'm afraid of but like what is that actually well i guess like look asking me to look at and doing some work around that to really extract the benefit of the fear what it can teach you yeah pay attention that's the thing and i think that's what you're like that's a good Mm -hmm. point because the journaling it you pay attention you get in that habit of like listening to yourself and when we stop listening to ourselves, we are, we're screwed. Yeah. You know? And so I think that's where fear is a liar. Uh, yeah, I get it. It's a cool shirt. I like it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know? Don't be fear. The only thing to fear is fear stuff. Like, what are you, okay, whatever. But like, this whole thing of like, don't be afraid. It's like, no, 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 no. Be afraid, but be curious with what you're afraid of. Sure. What is it? What's and, and, and having to look at yourself. And so, yeah, the other thing with that, in those situations, you're going to know. Like your intuition, I, w- I was not thinking like, I was not mapping it out like decision tree style. It was just like, hey, get the fuck out of your way. Mm-hmm. Just, just listen, be still and let what is going to surface surface and face it and so that's the other thing with like the emotional language it's a different language than the rational thought 
I wasn't thinking like, oh my God, my life insurance isn't through yet. Like that's mm-hmm. a surface level thing, but like it's, it's deeper than that. So staying out of your way. And so, yeah, of course, tools like journaling, tools like, you know, connecting to your body, paying attention. Like those are things too that you, it's your language. Mm-hmm. It's no one else's. And speaking of fear, you know, some people say fear is a liar. And there's another book written by a genius saying that the gift of fear and that's something that's a book that every without a doubt every woman should mm-hmm. read if you know if you're a dude listening to this and you have a woman you a, a woman you care about just because of some of the 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 statistics of violent sexually driven crimes is insane mm-hmm. <clears throat> and obviously that's like mostly you know women are mostly subject to those attacks you need to get that book and you need to give it to them and they need to read it, and you need to read it as well. And you need to encourage those whom you care about to not shut their intuition off. Yeah. And that book will blow your mind. And it's something that, yeah, like I said, everyone should read. And it truly is a gift. The, the, the fear, because of its primal, instinctual, imprinted in us reason. If we didn't have fear, we wouldn't have evolved because we would have just kept walking into the cave and getting our getting torn into shreds it's like oh well i guess that species didn't mm-hmm. make it so yeah that's that's kind of part of it um so having just a little bit better of a conversation and yeah. using it you know not not avoiding it not trying to dodge it like actually use it and um you know that's sort of along the lines of like what sun Tzu would preach as well of like okay let's just say you have the bullet thing like you try to what hold your hand out and stop it you know you try to up armor to prevent this thing from going on well what if you just you know got out of its way and that's obviously avoiding it but what if you took that and applied that one step further which is like it doesn't even shoot at you in the first place not to say that you're gonna skate through your life without anything that's gonna trigger you but like understanding that response and its source and and where in your life you need to look at and engage with and improve upon that's then how you keep that round in the chamber and not have it come flying at you because if it's flying at you yeah yeah so i don't know if that makes sense yeah all right there's another thing with fear false expectations appearing real What does that mean? It doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything. It yeah. doesn't mean anything. It's a bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. Like the one sentence solutions to life mm-hmm. drive me insane. Yeah. They drive me insane. Yeah, so. chances are it's more complicated than that. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, you solve life's problems by making a cute acronym. Nice. <laughs> anyway. All right. All right. That's a good one to end on. Okay, so uh, so that's that. I'm just going to say this, not that I don't know if anyone's even actually still listening. I am appreciative of people reaching out via the medical thing. I, you know, and that's been super nice. 
we're like we're good on that <laughs> i don't mm-hmm. this isn't to like i'm not looking for people to be like oh my god are you all right like no yeah. like i don't have brain cancer it's, we're all good we're doing things frankly like let's move on mm-hmm. and like no no kind of no kind of drama stuff so uh that's that we have an exciting week coming up yeah what do we have so next monday our we have a free week basically the online portion of bte fitness which is actually a pretty big part of i think that concept um and i think being able to access what it is we're talking about actually see it experience it is huge because talking about it can kind of be abstract so for anybody interested in seeing what we have going on there'll be a free week that'll pretty much permanently be available the same week um, but it will launch next monday so it'll be first available next monday if you're interested you can go to you know the between the years website or access it through instagram right now there's a sign up um and we'll make sure we get that link out to everybody um but that's pretty cool. And in the meantime, we're working on laying the floor, getting the equipment, getting the actual space up, which um, is really exciting. And so the in-person options will be available soon. Um, I start a women's group in Bernardsville. I think there's only, I don't know, maybe three spots left in September. Yeah, when do you start that again? The second week, actually the same week that you start the Vector Project training. Oh, yeah. So... You know, it's kind of cool to, uh, the, the all of these things follow sort of the principles and the concepts of between the years. Comprehensive, yeah. the process, there's a emotional, kind of what we're talking about. It's not just about the what, like, oh, just do this work. You yeah. know, all the other pieces that really are what go into it. Um, so yeah, the Vector Project, that training starts in two weeks. Yeah. The event is in November and... You know, recently this weekend we had um, a client friend do an event, her own event, a half marathon that she had been training for. And, you know, it was just a reminder of like, it wasn't just about that day. So much of what was so valuable about it was all the work leading up to it, everything she learned about herself, her process. And so that's really what the Vector Project is. Yeah. And I think on that that was really cool. So I was able to, you started, you ran with her in the beginning, mm-hmm. then you had to go. <clears throat> and then, and I was just there at, at the finish line. Mm-hmm. And it was like really cool seeing her bring to completion in the, in, in a very physical, very real sense, this goal she set in her mind, this thing. And I asked her like, why did you sign up for a, so she mm-hmm. signed up for a half marathon COVID hit. Yeah. Done. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Why Why you signed up for it was not to really cross the finish line, let's right. be honest. So why did you sign up for a half marathon? She was like, you know, I just feel like this. it was something in my life that I wanted to do and wouldn't feel kind of complete, like in whatever, maybe physical, aspirational goals. And it was like hanging over my head and I wanted to do it. And it's like, that's also so awesome because that's an emotional reason. Mm-hmm. That's sure. not a rational reason. Like I wanted to, because I wanted to run 13.1 miles. Like, yeah. no, there was something deeper. Yeah. And I think that's where this vector project started from you and I having had experiences of there being something to achieve and, and realizing it's, you know, she could have 
shown up six months ago, run that, walked it, done it. Yeah. But it's not about that. So yeah. the Vector Project is, and I think looking ahead, looking at tools for ourselves, like setting ourselves up for success, I think there is a lot going on. And one of the reasons that the timing of the Vector Project is now is I do think it's a really powerful tool. People, yeah. a community coming together, people sharing in it, but still having your own experience, yeah. having a coach um, tied to something that's, an event so yeah. if you're interested in that there's information on that but last thing i'm going to say on that though if you so it's a 12 mile run ruck into a six mile run mm-hmm. if you immediately say i can't do that you're missing the entire point and this is going to be my tactful cold water across the face if you're looking at what you will do on November 20th, you fundamentally don't understand the Vector Project. And that's okay. That's, that, that's, that's natural. So when we look at natural default tendencies, many look at the end, look yeah. at the outcome, look at what it, oh, that, and then you do a binary yes or no, pass or fail, one or zero. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. That is one of the problems with so much of these drivers. And so from getting to build yourself up, you look at that 12-mile run, 6-mile run. I've literally never done that. I can't do that. Or the opposite, like, oh, is that it? Like, I don't know. Is that Like, it doesn't really matter. You could have not put up what the event was at the end. Right. And But so- the reason but for putting that up, too, is to raise awareness of how do you show up to it. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of people who can learn. And I say this about all the events. People see between the, oh, I want to do an event. I've had people literally tell me, I will do an event on this day, and I've scheduled it, and they don't sign up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what is what 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 mm-hmm. do you mean? And so it's like, why I'm putting up the event details, why we're putting right. it up the unknown now, is now, is because now yeah. the unknown, that which we often are so scared about, right. now, we now know. you know. Yeah. So which is really more scary in sure. life? And that's through specifically through one of the in-person events that's been a major teaching point at a at like you know whatever the sunrise kind of thing of like now you know Mm -hmm. so don't say that you're just afraid of the unknown now you know so it's 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 you it's not it and so if physically 12 miles of walking with a backpack and six miles of covering distance is beyond your current capacity then we can look at that in two ways. One, rationally. Okay, well, how can we build your capacity? That's why you're actually going to train. Mm-hmm. It's not something you're just going to get thrown into. You're actually going to train specifically for this. And emotionally, what is it about your perceived or projected inability to do this that actually has you with this internal feeling? Mm-hmm. And we're going to look at that as well. So if you're only looking at the outcome, you're not looking at the vector project. And, and if you, you can have, listen to this whole podcast we just did about fear and take a deeper dive into if you're afraid of that. Why? Yeah. And if you ever, you know, and if you do have questions uh, about that and, you know, some people there's, uh, in fact, I was talking to somebody just yesterday and, and it was saying like, yeah, you know what? Like I wouldn't, I don't think that the vector project should be your priority right now because of this person's unique situation. And so, no, it's not for everybody. And it's mm-hmm. not like, if you're listening, you better sign up. Like, of course not. That's never what it is. But if you're interested in actually training for something, having the 
benefit of committing to that process, having that dedication, having that ups and lows of like, I've got to, I, I am training for something. This is part of the commitment I've made. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show up for myself. Yeah. If that stuff is interesting to you and you want the guidance and the coaching and learning deeper things and, and really having the event be an excuse to improve yourself from within and then celebrate, like there's going to, and one of the things I'm just going to say it right now, we'll start talking about it. You better have one of the things you're going to do throughout the nine weeks is you will have a formalized celebration plan mm-hmm. prior to November 19th. Yeah. Like, the, and that in and of itself is something that is, that's going to be harder than rocking 12 miles for some people. Right. 100%. And it's got to be real. And so we're, we're going to dive into things. And it's, I'm fired up for it. I think it's going to be a really cool nine weeks. Um, yeah. Um, cool. I think it's going to be cool. All right. Are you going to do it? Sure. You're going to do the event? By myself. I don't, I don't want you to coach me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know. I have to see if I sign up. I don't know if I can do it. I'm just kidding. All right. Okay. We'll we can see argue off camera. I'm just okay. giving you a hard time. Goodbye.